Welcome to Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and as ever, I'll be taking you on the best ever trip down memory lane. And speaking of trips, can anyone tell me how to get to Sesame Street? That's right, we'll be taking a special look at one of the most iconic educational TV shows of all time. And for the head-to-head this week, we'll be putting Play Days and The Noddy Shot, two educational TV shows from the UK and Canada, up against each other. So, will the Play Bus and Play Days ride its way to victory? Or can The Noddy Shot sweep the floor with Play Days? Stay tuned and find out what happens. And joining me today on the podcast is producer Paul. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hey, man. Good. Normally, he doesn't say much, so this is quite a, an interesting uh, predicament he finds himself in today. Yeah, you'll have to bear with me. <laughs> I'm not sure how easy this is going to come, but we'll give it a go. Yeah, just say some stuff and uh, hopefully you'll... Uh, hopefully it makes sense. Yeah, or we'll make it make sense. Anyway. <laughs> right, so let's get started. And let's go back all the way to November of 1969. So this was the month and year where two million people took part in the Vietnam War moratorium demonstration across the United States. And keeping in theme with that, John Lennon decided to return his OBE in protest of UK support of the Vietnam War. And also this was when Brazilian soccer legend or football legend, soccer for the American listeners, Pele scored his 1,000th professional goal. I can't even say 1,000. 1,000th professional goal. You like Pele, Paul? Um, I had a picture of Pele on my wall once, but it was only because he was with Michael Schumacher. (laughs) And also, how do you return an OBE? Because presumably there's a big ceremony, Queen and this and that and the other, you get knighted and it's all great. But how how do you give it back? Do you say... It's John Lennon, isn't it? He you just, just rock up went, to the palace. Hey, listen. I don't I need, want it no more. And, you know, he needs, I, need uh, to, I need to see the Queen. Uh, you, can have, you can have this. I don't want it. Or do you think he just sent it in the post? I don't know. Probably. I bet he didn't send it, really. Or maybe, I'm sending this back. Pocket. That'll be on Antiques Roadshow in a few years. He probably got Yoko to do it then. And also, what was number one in the charts was Fifth Dimension with Wedding Day Blues, as you can probably hear over us talking. Ah, so a great song that is. Now, there's probably so much that we could say about this TV show, even us being Brits. In November 1969, Joan Gantz Cooney and Lloyd Morissette came up with an educational children's program that combines live action, sketch comedy, animation and puppetry. And obviously the theme song, Can You Tell Me How To Get? Sesame Street. It's probably one of the most classic, most famous, most well-known theme song of any children's TV program. And the format of Sesame Street is just basically their kind of way of explaining things in an educational way that kind of reflects American culture, viewing habits. So Sesame Street over the years always did well to kind of keep up with the times, always try to keep up with what's happening in society. They were always sort of ahead of the curve with certain things. They had a very diverse and, and multicultural cast. So like um, the first character you see in Sesame Street is a black guy, Gordon, Gordon Robinson. First ever. 
so like he's sort of coming in to Sesame Street and he's walking along with um, a girl and he's just basically showing her around saying, you know, this is Sesame Street. These are some of the characters. These are all the nice things that happen on Sesame Street. Is this, is this in the theme tune? Hmm? Is this in the theme in the theme intro? Yeah, it's almost, yeah. And this is like he's sort of walking along Sesame Street. He's a, a teacher. So Gordon, yeah, Gordon is a teacher and he's coming into Sesame Street after long days of work and he's bringing a, a girl. I can't remember her name. It might be Susie or something. But yeah, he's just sort of Changes showing. every day. <laughs> well, I was going to call her Polly, but then that's a completely... Uh, a different show later yeah. on. <laughs> but yeah, he's showing her around Sesame Street. She's learning about certain things. And so she's, you know, drinking a glass of milk and she's learning the, the values of, of, of having a, a glass of milk. And also one of the things about Sesame Street was that every week or every episode, it would always be brought to you by a letter or, or a number. Or in this case, the very first episode was brought to you by the letters W, S and E and numbers two and three. So always what they'll kind of do is with the letter W... They'll try and come up with a story just to emphasize that letter. So there was a, a wicked witch who lived in the west of Wessex and she wandered around with a wand of hers and she would. Yeah, so just carrying on with the, the letter That's pretty w, good. I wondered when you're going to. Or the letter S. Slippery snake slides solemnly surreptitiously goes on and on so it's it's really cool so it's it's educational you're you're learning and you're trying to think all oh, these kind of go with with each letters and but yeah and so this was like an author and and as well the uh the author malcolm gladwell one of the things he said about sesame street was that sesame street was built around a single breakthrough insight that he that if you can hold the attention of children, you can educate them, which they did pretty well to do because every episode was like an hour. Really? And even as watching, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it back and I'm like, I don't remember Sesame Street being an hour long. I used to remember, I think it's about a half an hour, 45 minutes. I don't remember. I have to say, I don't know a lot about Sesame Street. I never really watched it as a kid, but I don't think it'd be an hour. I don't think any kid could sit still for an hour and well, learn at the same time. Well, that's the thing. I think Sesame Street found the formula, which is why, to this day, they're still running and they're still going strong. Maybe not in in the sense of uh, an international kind of way, but in America, it's still on PBS. It's still very much a thing. It's still very much... Elmo is very much a thing. Big Bird is very much still a thing. Cookie Monster. And then you got Count. Count Von Count. 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 Ah, 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 ah. That was when you were supposed to do the effects, Paul. Okay, okay try again. Come on. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Thank you. Got there in the end, sorry. sorry yeah, this is, yeah, this is why. This is my one job. And I... <laughs> <laughs> Here's some uh, interesting statistics about Sesame Street. 
1996 survey found that 95% of all American preschoolers had watched the show by the time they were three years old. Also, it was estimated that 86 million Americans had watched the series as children. That's more than the population in the UK. (laughs) And also, Sesame Street over the years had won 189 Emmy Awards and 11 Grammys, which is more than any other children's show. 111 Emmys? 189. 189. Did it it get to a point when you're at the award ceremony and you already start walking up? It's like it's before like, they've even called your name. It's out. like Anton Deck. And the here, winner is, it? and you're already up. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like Anton Deck here. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's the point of <laughs> being up for like, you know, Should we just light give you... entertainment show? Anton Deck are always going to win, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's just no point. So I think, but then you know, if you're going on for like 40, 50 years, you better be winning all of those Emmys and award shows. Yeah, it'd be better than winning none. I think I w- I w- I'd like to know who was up quite a lot against Sesame Street and always lost because that's like 189 that's that's 189 losers against Sesame Street as well well more than that because it would have been like four in the final right I don't know how the Emmys work I mean I would yeah I mean presumably there's four finalists right (laughs) so that's like three for 189 I don't know it's just the Emmys just I don't know just get everything and just put them all in just pick a winner at the hat well, be... Gobbledygook Castle was great, but that's, no, that's an English one, I think, wasn't it? Do you remember yeah. that? For the up and down and round and flick. With <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's going to win. <laughs> Wait, I learned to, learn, uh, learn to write in that, from that show. Oh, you mean words and pictures? Is that what it was called? And it had Gobbledygook Castle and it had the magic pen. You mean Alphabet Castle? Oh, is that what it's called? Alphabet Castle? Yes, I know Alphabet Castle. What's the Gobbledygook Castle? I don't get very that well. Maybe he's one of the characters. Oh, maybe. But yeah, words. And pictures, and you'd have you know the F going round, down, and flick. F, yeah, and flick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every see? time there's a flick. Yeah. I never flicked a letter in my life. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, these are all the shows that didn't win an Emmy because Sesame Street did. But um, yeah, they won all of those, all of those Emmys, and pretty much became a an American institution. And I mean, I probably should ask you, but. What about Barney the Dinosaur? When was that out? That's probably 90s, wasn't it? Was it that late? Oh, dude, Barney the Dinosaur! I was just thinking... He's like, not going to win any Emmys against Sesame Street. No chance. I don't remember it. I, I don't think so. Barney was educational, was he? Actually, yeah, it was. Surely he was. Yeah. I mean... He was a bit educational, but... Not in terms of Sesame Street. I don't remember the content very well. I just remember him jumping around with kids and stuff. I love you! You want me? We're a big old family. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Barney, but that's the yeah. Like I don't think anything will touch Sesame Street in terms of putting it up against yeah. something. I think Sesame Street was like the standard bearer of educational shows, and as I was saying before, like they would they would go deep into certain subjects. They would teach kids. They would inform kids. They would. Do all of the things, and they would do it in the way that the kids would be engaged. Because initially, when they did these kind of tests and experiments, obviously, you know, at the time, I don't think there was many sort of glove puppets or muppets or whatever Jim Henson was uh, creating. So 
they thought, oh, let's just try and have these um, sort of Muppet things on. And it showed that the kids were more inclined or more likely to engage with a program with all of the all of the Muppets. Mm. So they just thought, we'll include the Muppets, we'll include a bit of music, we'll include a bit of teaching, so they'll have whatever word it is. So if it's brought to you by the letter B, they'll probably talk about a bouncing ball. They'll probably talk about beach balls and playing ball <laughs> on the beach and whatever... Whatever goes with the letter B, but yeah, that's but yeah. that's that was what was really really kind of good about Sesame Street. I thought. Yeah, as I said, I didn't really watch it, but even though I didn't watch it, I know so many characters that were thing. Obviously, uh, so many more adult cartoons, Family Guy and American Dad and things like that, and they they parody it all all the all the time. Yeah, I think Scrubs as well did uh, an episode about. Uh, Sesame Street called My ABC. So it's... Uh, what series? Kinda... Was that a, la- a latter series? Yeah, it was like, I think, series eight. So it's just... They'll have like the characters of Sesame Street and they'll kind of teach the sort of doctors about, you know, life and death and how you should um, always care for the patients. You should even know that, you know, they're at their last days. And you had, I think, Joshua Radin, who's one of the singers. He kind of did his version of Can You Tell Me How to Get to Sesame Street? And I think one of the one of the one of the funny things I think I was telling you before we started about Sesame Street was um they were doing um a thing about um milk as I was saying they were oh, you know, yeah. talking about how milk was really good for you and milk is really uh, a healthy choice of living and you know they did this really really cute video and song about um a cow and how the cow comes you know he you can sort of get milk from the cow and it was quite, and they were showing how, you know, you milk the cow and and all that stuff. And it sounded like a really nice, lovely folk kind of song that you would think that, uh, Cat Stevens or James Taylor was singing. It's like, you know, Hey cow, you're very cute. You milk and 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 it's just one of those like really lovely uh, guitar on the go. Yeah. it, It was, it was very guitar-y based. And like I said, I, you would be forgiven if you thought that it was a a James Taylor or a Cat Stevens or both enough. great both great singers as well. Yeah, both great singers. And if if it was any of them that did it, then hats off. Yeah, kudos, kudos. You know, shout out to Yusuf Cat Stevens now and uh, to James Taylor. I'm I'm still I'm sure that they're still singing. But yeah, they were doing that song, and I was thinking. 50 years ago, milk had a tremendous reputation. Oh, milk is good for you. It's got calcium and it helps you grow your bones. Nowadays, it's like... Yeah, but nowadays, I agree. You couldn't do that song about milk and how amazing milk is. But that's I reckon a lot of that's because there's too many milks to choose from now. You've got oat milk and almond milk. and Yeah. I tried coconut milk the other day. Any good? Yes, surprisingly, I I am amazed at how much I liked it. I I, want, I specifically asked for cow's milk. It's got to be straight out of a cow, <laughs> dairy free, mate. I'm 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 I'm, I'm I'm going that way now, dairy free. I think I was sold because I'm thinking, oh, I'm just adding it to stuff, and mm. I just thought, you know what? Let me just have a, a little taste. And I do not like coconut, but you with this coconut, did you have any coffee, or did you just have it on it 
I had it in a shake, so like a sort of a protein kind of shake thing. Yeah. So adding the dairy-free coconut milk, and it was great. It's great with the shake, and it's great on its own. So I was mm. thinking... I'm, like, I'm yet to be sold on it. I mean... But, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you... They couldn't get away with doing a, a segment about milk and cows no, today. No, definitely not, no. No way. But then knowing Sesame Street and how ahead of the curve they are, they'll probably do a thing about vegan and yeah, the value of vegan life and how dairy is not necessarily the way to go. That's a... I think I think you're right. I mean, they would probably tackle something like that. Um, it's such a <laughs> it's such a growing thing, isn't it? Veganism, isn't it? It is. It feels like everything's going that way. It's like it makes it more difficult to sit and eat your, drink your milk. <laughs> What's that? It's not. It's not cow's milk. It's not from a cow. No. Yeah. You you wouldn't be having Gordon telling you how good for you the normal kind of milk is, and you wouldn't no. have any of that. So. And obviously, uh, the show's like sort of success kind of led throughout the 80s and even through the 90s where I kind of think that was kind of the, uh, the golden era of like Sesame Street, internationally speaking, I would say the sort of the late 80s and into the early 90s. And as I was saying before, like one of the really notable episodes or really one of the notable moments was... Uh, Mr. Hooper, who kind of sort of ran the the grocers, he in real life, so Will Lee, the actor, he passed away in 1982. And so they kind of did um, a tribute to Mr. Hooper and Big Bird, I think it was, kind of sort of telling one of the characters about death and, you know, they're paying tribute to Mr. Hooper, talking about, you know, these are some of the things that happens in life and we should try and remember them and remember all the good that they did. And it's, it's very, um, it was very, very lovely. Yeah, looking, looking up, so as I said, I don't know too much about this. I learned a lot about this just before we uh, started recording, but it says, um, it says he died of a heart attack as well. So it would have been very sudden for the crew and for the yeah. cast and for the writers, directors and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have been dealing with it just as much as the characters were and then in turn the audience mm. audience as well so everyone's all like grieving together exactly and it's it must be quite a a helpful part of the healing process to you know to to everyone imagine the whole of america the whole of the world saying yeah saying goodbye at the same time and you're helping to to do it justice and obviously you haven't it's not like someone's left the show i don't know if he did leave the show before or maybe but it, I don't think he, he did because he was a um, sort of mainstay. So he was on the very first episode and continued on. Exactly. So, until... he's, so, so he's not filmed his final episode. He's not filmed uh, an no. ending for himself. He's literally, well, yeah. The, right, the writers, directors have have nothing to go on. They have to to deal with this as a you know the show must go on kind of uh, yeah. aspect of yeah. of, yeah. of, of, tel of television. Yeah. And so I think um, one of the thing about Sesame Street was sort of the, the 90s, you kind of saw, uh, obviously you got the new societal and sort of economic challenges and obviously the viewing habits of children changed. So that's where kind of Sesame Street kind of saw a little bit of a decline in terms of ratings, in terms of popularity. It wasn't really hitting the the highs that they they had during the sort of the 80s and the uh, the sort of early 90s. 
and they thought, you know what, we need to switch it up. And they started to make it more narrative and ongoing storylines because I thought this is going to be the only way that we keep fresh and we sort of maintain maintain the audience. So I think that was... Like a soap opera sort of. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. So obviously before it was just kind of like, oh, we'll just do like sketches and segments and yep. cute little things with numbers and, and all of that. But um, in terms of um, 2002 and the 2000s, the the producers thought the best way to move it forward, the best way to sort of keep in trend with what's happening is to kind of make it a more narrative-based, more ongoing storyline kind of thing. So I wonder how much of the decline of the viewers, because you said before about them having, a, you know, long shows, the kids' attention yeah, was yeah, for yeah. like an hour. And then after, you know, kind of early 90s, late 90s, um, and well, from, from the, I guess, from the early 90s and onwards, and it, it's kind of bigger was the, the computers, video games and yeah. things like that. So I wonder how much of that had an impact on, one, just outright the viewers, because they want to play video games rather than watch TV, and two, the attention span of the kids. Because you try and get a kid nowadays to watch an hour's TV show, He'll be on his phone. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? Obviously, the video games can hold the attention more than, I think, the TV. So, I just wonder how that would have... Yeah, I mean, because you've got all of those things to compete with now. Exactly. And it only got bigger, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you've got the internet, you've got... Yeah, so you had video games and the PC came out. Uh, What was that? You know, it kind of got more uh, commercial. Right. Then you had um, the the internet. Mm -hmm. And then... Sometime in 2000s, the iPhone came out. And that was game over after that, I think. Yeah. But I think in terms of that, they've kind of found their way back again. And they, like I said, they're still going strong. They're still producing programming. They're still doing their thing. The characters are still there. They haven't necessarily thought, you know what, we're going to stop. And even um, with some of the characters, I think, as we were talking about some of the characters like Kermit, Oscar the Grouch, the Cookie Monster, Bert and Ernie, Big Bird, Elmo, who made his debut in uh, 1972. Obviously, uh, the two-headed monster, Mr. Snuffleupagus. You know, these are like iconic characters and they're like... Obviously, I think Elmo had his own spin-off show. Bert and Ernie had their own with uh, Bert and Ernie's Great Adventures. Elmo the Musical, so... They always kind of found ways to freshen it up and they always found ways to try and stay relevant. Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, stay relevant. I think that was what they always tried to do. And uh, upon its 40th anniversary in 2009, Sesame Street received a Lifetime Emmy at the Daytime Emmy Awards. So that was a really, uh, really a good thing. And uh, in terms of the UK in our country, I mean, it was... Uh, at the beginning, it was a very tough sell because I think Sesame Street wanted to kind of say, you know, look, we've got this really, really cool program. It's informative. It's educational. It's fun. And we want 
to sh- share it with the rest of the world. And right out the gate, the BBC were like, nope, not for me. Like they were like, we just don't like this. And Monica Sims, who's the who was the head of the children's programming at the time, she was like, this sounds like indoctrination and a dangerous extension of the use of television. And apparently a teacher in North London had showed it to 400 educators and most of the feedback was negative. But I think the the kind of thing was that they said that it was brash and vulgar. But I think some people actually really liked it. So like parents and kids, when they were short showing it, they really, really liked it. But, um, and obviously I think the BBC as well thought that Sesame Street was carefully geared to the needs of disadvantaged children in America. And obviously the terminology, the BBC thought, why the hell are British kids going to know what trash means or zip code or sidewalk? They're they're not going to know any of those things. So the BBC were thinking it's really daft for us to, to go out of our way to show this. And they were just like, listing all the ways that they don't want to do this. And and also as well, the BBC were like, well, we got Blue Peter. It's just like Sesame Street, but in our opinion, it's better. Because obviously Sesame Street was saying, oh, we do this, it's informative, educational. Well, and the BBC at the time were like, well, that's our remit, to inform, to educate, to entertain. We've got all of that covered with Blue Peter. 189 Emmys and Mr. Mr. Trick, I think, right? I think so. Uh, but I think, yeah, at the time, I think BBC were like, we'll take our chances with what we've got and what we show. So they were like, yeah, we, 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 got, we got our shows. We, we, we've got a remit. Like, we good. I think that was the, for want of a better expression, BBC were like to Sesame Street, we good. So, so who picked it up? Um, so ITV were also sold it. And again, they were reluctant as well. Apparently, it was at the time, I think it was government policy where they really needed to show. Like, I think at the time, the government were like, you need to be showing children's programming for a certain amount of time after school. You got to do it. So I think at the kind of the time, ITV said, you know what? Okay, sod it. We'll show it. We'll we'll take Sesame Street. We'll show it. And hopefully that will uh, appease the, the authorities. Yep. And that you know we're 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 showing children's entertainment programming and things like that and so by the time channel 4 came to our screens in 1982 i believe they took sesame street and they showed it until 2001 so that was that was how as kids we were watching sesame street i'm trying to remember what times they used to show it because I most of the time I remember watching Sesame Street was during the summer holidays, and during the summer holidays they would show Sesame Street at around twelve o'clock Mid-day. every day. Twelve o'clock weekday will be Sesame Street. I, I I'm sure I remember seeing it on the TV uh, in the mornings. Um, I'm sure it was like bananas in pajamas and Sesame Street yeah. and something all together. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure it was an early one for, for for me as a kid. I don't remember yeah too much about when it was on, but I'm sure it's because I rem- I also remember in the evenings they used to show Sesame Street sometimes. So I think in the summer holidays they would show it midday. 
Yeah. Either 11 o'clock or midday would always be Sesame Street. But it'd be a good one because the, the nurseries often kick out at um, midday, yeah. right? So yeah, maybe yeah. it was even in the yeah. school. Because I remember the in, in, the, in the summer holidays on Channel 4, they used to show Sesame Street. And right after Sesame Street, they would show Madeline. What's that? I'm Madeline, I'm Madeline, the little French girl. I have no idea what that is. Madeline, you don't know what Madeline is? No, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up now. Yeah, it's the, the girls, they'd, they'd walk in straight lines. It's set in France. Madeline, was it t- TV show? Yeah. TV, no, Madeline TV but she's show. She's like a little girl. Oh, oh, I do know it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I thought, uh, yeah. they would show that after Sesame Street. And I just remember like the end credits for Sesame Street in the 90s was so long. The end credits of, of Sesame Street? The end credits of Sesame Street, yeah. It would just be an absolute party. <laughs> it would just be really, really, really long. It was like a, a sort of an extension of a... Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? There would just be like a... Like, a, just a party. Just the, the whole, like, end credit. It was just like at least about three, four minutes long. And that's obviously... Really? Yeah, it's... Is that, just because so many, is, it, is that because so many people worked on it, they had to fill it? Probably. Or is it like a student's credits where so it's all example, the same So for example, there'll person. be like a bird sort of flying somewhere. There'll be like a place where kids are dancing. There'd then be a place where, I don't know, they'd go around uh, Sesame Street, maybe. But yeah, I just that's just the thing about Sesame Street in the 90s that I remember as a kid growing up. And also, one of the songs I remember was Hip to Be Square. By Huey Lewis in the news, and what they did, Sesame Street Devers called Hip to Be A Square. So, you know, you got like a, a square looking character singing, you know, oh, I got four sides, it's hip <laughs> to be a square. I just remember that. That's a, oh, I love that. That's a, that was the thing that I remember. So much so that, obviously, I, as a kid, I'm like, who the hell are you? Actually, I didn't know who. Huey Lewis in the news was, but you like you didn't realize that that is their song. Yeah. But because Sesame Street would kind of take pop songs and they would kind of make it into their own and they would kind of turn it into uh, an educational, an educational thing that was. So they jumped on the bandwagon of kind of popular culture. Pretty much. Uh, which presumably helped. Pretty them. much, yeah. So and you would always have celebrities coming along. Making appearances. Yeah, and they would, you know, do their kind of songs as well. So I think uh, with uh, Jason Mraz, he had a song called I'm Yours. Yep. And they did yep. a version called Let's Go Outside. So let's go outside. I was going to say I'm yours yeah, let's go outside. So it's like <laughs> Elmo and Jason Mraz going, you know, I can't stand being inside, inside. So let's go outside so yeah, t- so a tv show inside which likes viewers encouraging kids to go outside you love go, to see it go outside but not for too long because uh, we've got another episode in uh... <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah that so that so in terms of that they would always kind of use the whatever the the pop culture references whatever is hot or whatever's popular yeah. they would just kind of use that and just kind of Kind of go on to that. That's quite a, um, an interesting and, and an impressive thing to do because if you imagine that most t- TV and stuff is recorded ages in advance, yeah, you have to have your finger on the pulse, pretty much, or be really quick at making your TV shows. But I think with Sesame Street, they kind of had a 
not a crack team, but like a a really like strong selection of producers and 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 people who work on the show, and they would be really really dedicated, and then they would go out of their way to make the very very best show that they can make. Yeah, and always more often than not, they would always hit a home run. They would always make it the best kind of the best kind of show that they can make it. So that was um, the really, really cool thing about, about Sesame Street. Any, any last thoughts on Sesame Street? No, I mean, all I can say is, again, I think I said it twice now already, but um, I've not really sat down and watched a single episode start to finish. Mm. And I, even I know the characters and the music and, yeah. and, and things like that. So I think something that I have never seen and I'm still aware of, you know that they're 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 quite good at getting uh, their presence out there. Yeah, definitely. And to this day, and they'll be celebrating their fiftieth birthday in uh, November. So they've produced over four thousand five hundred episodes, thirty-five TV specials, two hundred home videos, and a hundred and eighty albums. So, and they're still going strong. Right, moving on now to uh, the head-to-head. It's uh, preschool again, but this time we've got... Let's start with... Uh, hmm, what should we start with? All right, let's, let's, let's do it chronologically. Eh? We'll, we'll start with Play Days, and we're going to October 1988. Now, uh, Enya was number one with uh, Orinoco Flow, or Sail Away. That's a... That's a... <laughs> Enya is awesome. But yeah, she was number one with uh, Orinoco Flow, but everyone just calls it Sail Away. Sail Away. That's the thing you'd Google. Yeah, you wouldn't wouldn't Google Orinoco Flow. It's like, what does that mean? uh, That was uh, number one in the charts. Also, you have uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. He sort of becomes the president or the chairman of the Presidium of the Supreme Soviet which basically means he was in charge of the entire state of the Soviet Union. But that was very, very short-lived, as we know. And also, Chile voted in referendum against extending Augusto Pinochet's regime by eight years, which means ending his 16 and a half years in power. 16 and a half years, that's a long time, isn't it? Can you believe that? You could just have a referendum and then get rid of a dictator. It feels like that's not the point of being a dictator. If I was a dictator, I'd make that not a thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, it, 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 does, it does seem strange that you would give it all up. But then again, 5644 is not that much. Or it's like, you know, they're hovering over the get him out box and they're like, ah. Oh. They turn around, someone's looking it's at It's like him, in The Simpsons like, oh, where Homer's like, when uh, Sideshow Bob is running for mayor and he's like, I put a cross hmm, I don't like his bark killing policy, but I do like his <laughs> Selma killing policy. So it's kind of like that. <laughs> uh, I, I do think like, it is very strange though, having a referendum when you make the rules, yeah. you've got a rule that they, they'll kick you out. Or maybe they thought, you know what? You're taking a piss, mate. Maybe let's have a a referendum and just maybe, see how it goes. Maybe eh? he was maybe he was like having a t- uh, speaking to someone. Was like, no, do you know what? I bet 
if we had a referendum, they'd vote me in anyway. That's how, <laughs> that's how much they love me. He's gone then, I bet you. All right, well, we'll, I will do it. I think that rings a lot of bells here <laughs> in the UK, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, and anyways, moving on before we veer into something else as we're talking about dictatorships and uh, referendums. Paydays, as it was, it was actually originally called Play Bus until 1989. When they got off the bus. Because uh, they got a complaint from the National Play Bus Association. There's a Play Bus Association? Yes, there is. There's a National <laughs> Play Bus Association. And I think they are based in uh, Bognor Regis. I just made that last bit up. <laughs> <laughs> I have no... I have... So you're looking at me, you give me like... With such confidence, I would, you could have said anything. <laughs> but no, no, there is there is such thing as a, a National Play Bus Association. And they uh, wrote a, a strongly worded letter of complaint asking... For money, probably. Asking uh, the people of uh, Play Bus or Play Days to change the name. Otherwise, you're going to have to cough up. And so Play Days was actually the successor of Play School. And like Play School, you know, Play Days was uh, an educational program, kind of uh, based on a bunch of characters who would be on a bus and every day the bus would stop somewhere and every day that kind of stop would kind of be a, an educational or really informative trip of a lifetime. And some of the, uh, the main characters of uh, Play Days include Sam Patch, who later became Peggy Patch who was voiced by Sally Presig. You've got the Y-Bird, who was voiced and manipulated by Fiona Bainham-Brown and then later Ellie Darville. Then you had Poppy, oh, Poppy. who was... Uh, Poppy. the cat, yeah. Yes, hello, Mr. Jolly! <laughs> you know, that was uh, <laughs> Poppy, yeah. I think she was my favourite. I, I liked Poppy. Was it Scouse, or, Scouse Cat, wasn't it? She was Welsh. Really? Are you sure? Yes, absolutely, Mr. Jolly. <laughs> she used to, yeah, we're just like, oh, oh, we're going on the roundabout, ain't we, Mr. Jolly? Incredible, yeah, she was very, very Welsh, Poppy. And then obviously you had, um, like I said, as I was saying, Mr. Jolly, who kind of was uh, one of the characters. You also kind of had um, some human presenters who would present or introduce Play Day. So you had Zoe Ball at one point, and then you also had Dave Benson Phillips. Of uh, Get Your Own Back fame. Definitely not. You know Dave Benson Phillips. Uh, I'm just checking if I do. <laughs> you're going to see... Um, so every time there's a silence, you're you say a name... It's, it's you're because... going gonna to see like a big booming face. Okay, yeah. Just right. write Get Your Own Back and Dave. Instead of <laughs> trying to write Dave Benson hyphen <laughs> Phillips. And <laughs> you will you will definitely recognise his face. Yeah, I do, yeah. It's just names. It's, it's the yeah. Names. And as I was kind of saying, so kind of play days ran from Mondays to Fridays, every day kind of being a different kind of stop or kind of a, a different episode or a different trip. So every Monday was the, the Y-Bird stop. And this was kind of set in uh, the Lost Property Office where Y-Bird lived. And she would interact with the people who were kind of there and they would kind of sort of help out with all the things that are happening the day-to-day -day running of uh, the Lost Property Office. She had like this computer called the the Y-Tech, which is like this really cool computer that would kind of sort of explain things to her. So kind of like a Google of the Play Days world. 
and she had a uh, an office. Well, it, the Wybird the Wybird stop actually became a, a warehouse, and it was then called Y Supplies. So you know, it, again, it had all the really cool things in there and all of the things that you would kind of learn about. So if you wanted to learn about odd jobs one day, it would just kind of show you know a video of all the. It really does cool sound like. Google, doesn't it? Like exactly <laughs> yeah. So you just watch this video and it'll show all these people doing all these kind of odd jobs and all these kind of activities. And then on Tuesday, you would have the playground stop, which was kind of, I remember when it was Dave Benson Phillips hosting it. So it was just kind of, you know, featuring children doing a whole bunch of activities. Sometimes Peggy would join them and they'd be, I don't know, drawing a boat or drawing a... A, a runner or whatever it is and it would always kind of be sort of introduced with the presenter saying girls and boys come out to play and it kind of maybe not in that way you know come out to play <laughs> but no it's just about yeah girls and boys come out to play and then you know they'd be doing all sorts of activities and all sorts of um all sorts of things that kids would would enjoy doing and then on wednesdays you had the dot stop which was initially like a, a music kind of thing. So you'd have sort of three dots. So one who's playing the violin, one who's playing the drums and the dot that you could sort of count on. So they would, you know, be always doing a, a musical number. And then it changed to, as what I would know, as the roundabout stop, which was probably my favourite of the week. Roll up and ride on Rosie. She'll take you around and around. Roll up and ride on Rosie, the magical mystery. Yeah, so merry-go-round. But uh, yeah, that was um, so Peggy, Poppy, and Wybird. They would go on the roundabout, who was run by Mr. Jolly, and they would go on adventures. And each of the, they would all be given a, a shape, so a triangle, a circle, and a square. And every time that they would come back from their adventure they would um, have something that would appear on their shape. So, for example, I think I remember Poppy. Yeah, Poppy. She went to a hairdresser, and the hairdresser would give her all these different styles. And she'd be like, you know, oh, I don't want it. Give me another one. Or, oh, I don't want it. Give me one. And then she would have one that she would really, really like. skinhead by the end of the thing, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the end of her trip, like a, a comb would appear on her kind of sort of her shape which would kind of show the the adventure or kind of explain the adventure that that she was on and then thursday was it's the patch stop which was basically peggy going out somewhere and they would kind of travel all across the country up to all sorts and Peggy would kind of sort of leave clues for children. So they'd kind of do like these really, really fun activities that the kids could all be a part of. And then, yeah, like I said, Peggy would give them clues and she would definitely uh, kind of help out and do that. And then Fridays was the Poppy Stop. So this is basically in Poppy's house. So, you know, it would just be, you know, loads of stuff that happens in Poppy's house, all of the good stuff. So again, this was another episode I liked because I like Poppy. I think she's great. I love her accent. I love everything about Poppy. So yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm Poppy. You know, she, she, she's 
She's she's definitely awesome. So, uh, do you have any memories of Play Days? I do. I used to watch it. When I say I do, I remember literally sitting down and watching it, and I remember that merry-go-round song. Mm. I remember that really well. It made me smile when you when you were singing it. But I had no idea there was a format to it. I yeah. had absolutely no. I thought it was like um, come outside where she's like, oh, we run out of chips, and, we, and they go to the. They've gone the aeroplane to the chip factory. <laughs> but I, I had no idea that it had a format every yeah. every single day. Um, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. I, I don't remember many episodes of what actually went on. But I think that's I what it was. I blew my mind yeah. when you're reading that out. Just... You know what? As a kid, yeah. you Because I am remember just watching Play Days and I'm just like, oh, this is informative, educational. So some of the stuff that they would do and some of the, the songs that they will sing, it's, you know, it's very cute. It's very... Again, it's meant to be informative. You just learn or you'll pick up small, subtle things. But in yeah. terms of like concepts and formats and things like that, it's not. But no, yeah, like that that roundabout stop and that song in particular, it's just it's just so it's 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 iconic. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's my Very childhood. Catchy. It's every British kid who grew up in the late 80s and the 90s. This is like your sort of one stop shop of like kids preschool kind of programming would definitely be uh would definitely be play days what channel did it air on bbc oh it's bbc it was bbc yeah play days was was, was was a bbc thing definitely one of the, the 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 better shows that the the bbc had come up with and now moving on to august 1998 where some of the things that kind of happened in the world was the um the Oma bombing in Northern Ireland, which was like the worst terrorist incident of the Troubles, which killed 29 people and injured 220. US President Bill Clinton admitted in a taped testimony that he had an improper relationship with the intern Monica Lewinsky. Blade was in the cinema as one of the top movies of August 98. And uh, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill was released which was, I think, one of the biggest, most successful album by a female artist. And number one in the charts was Boyzone with No Matter What. I'm ashamed to say that even without you singing that, I know what it is. Of course you do. <laughs> also, um, Noddy in Toyland, which was also known as Noddy or The Noddy Shop, which was basically, again, another... Uh, educational sort of program which was based on the books or the series by uh, Enid Blyton which uh, she wasn't in the news recently was she? <laughs> no, don't look at me like that don't look at me like that actually you know what don't do not google Enid Blyton because Enid Blyton was in the news recently and uh, I prefer uh, not to speak as uh, as Jose Marino would say if I speak, I am in big trouble, in big trouble, and I don't want to be in big trouble. So, <laughs> so yeah, Noddy, which kind of stands for Notions, Oddities, Doodads, and Delights of Yesterday. I had no idea it stood for something. Well, no idea. That's not my podcast, by the way, guys. As, as you're probably thinking, no, that's not my podcast, but that's what the, the Noddy shop kind of stands for. And it's kind of run by uh, a man called uh, Noah. So he runs uh, the Noddy shop, which is basically like a, essentially it's like a junk shop full of like toys and whatnot. 
and then he'll have his grandchildren, Kate and Truman. They'll come along to the shop and they'll kind of sort of play around with all of the stuff that's there, all the kind of toys and the antiques. Noah Tompton, that's his name. And yeah, and like I said, uh, he runs an antiques shop called The Noddy Shop. And they'd have, you know, all these kind of toys and antiques. So you'd have things like Bonita Flamingo, Johnny Crawfish, who I think was the kind of crab that was in the water. So he was kind of a, a Sebastian kind of Little Mermaid vibes. And he'd kind of be telling like really, really silly jokes. God, what was, what was, what was the joke that he said that kind of made me laugh? Oh, so one of the jokes was, what did one tomato say to the other? Go on. You better catch up. <laughs> I remember that one from uh, Pulp Fiction. I made it all the way to Pulp Fiction. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. I can't believe I fell for that one. And so, yeah, like every kind of episode, there would be something that happened. So, for example, Noah has a falling out with Ag 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 Agatha. God, I can't even say her name. Agatha Flugelschmidt. And she runs a hat shop next door to the Noddy shop. And her brother is Noah Thompson. And they have a massive falling out because she accused Noah of, I think, breaking her bike when she was a kid. And so the kids are trying to figure out how they can get, you know, their grandpa and their great aunt talking together. So they'll kind of sort of take the lessons of Noddy. So every like episode, they would show a, a small clip of a Noddy cartoon so the the noddy cartoons which i think came out in the 90s i think it was noddy adventures in toyland so yeah. they would kind of show a, an episode of that so this kind of episode was how there was a goblin a thieving little goblin who would basically go around people's houses and stealing stuff and because he had like a, a bell on his hat everybody thought it was noddy and noddy's like it wasn't me and like PC Plod's going, you know, oh, you were caught thieving in the middle of the night in his uh, <laughs> accent of his going, oh, you've been seen with that hat of yours. And he's like, oh, maybe someone else had the hat. And so everybody in the town thinks Noddy's a, a thieving little get. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and so he becomes ostracized and then. There's like a cute little bear. I can't remember her name. She's like, you know, I believe you, Noddy, and I'll help you out. And so they kind of figure out that it was the goblin that was stealing everything. And so they kind of get them all together and they'll try to figure out a way to get Agatha and Noah back together. And so it's kind of like they, they kind of get back together. They kind of realize, oh, we're not really falling out for nothing. And every, every kind of episode ends on that, really. Do you actually remember the show or? See, I didn't remember Noddy sh Shop. Noddy Shop? Yeah, the Noddy Shop. I had no idea that was a show. I just remember Noddy and Big Ears yeah. and the car. Noddy. Yeah. See, the I... little man with his red and yellow hat. Bing, bing, bing. And I also didn't realise that Noddy was a boy. I thought Noddy you know was a girl was for so a long time. you know what was so funny about Noddy, about that episode? How he was trying to, they were trying to catch the real thief in the middle of the night. Yeah. And what they did with his hat was they tried to cover up the bells so that the bells wouldn't make any noise and that nobody would think it was Noddy. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you take the bloody hat off? <laughs> so then no one will think it's you. 
that was that made me laugh so much. He's got this bag thing and he's like covering the the jingle of the hat. And I'm yeah. like, take the hat off. Then they won't think it's you. <laughs> and then obviously you're thinking, Maybe obviously. Maybe it's stuck on. Yeah, because it's, it's draw, a It's drawn on. Yeah, because it's a puppet <laughs> and it's not real. But no, it's like, but we'll, we'll probably will talk about Noddy at some point and maybe talk about what a horrible little racist Enid Blyton was. But I think that's a, a podcast that's another... for another day and <laughs> another time. And so uh, I think it's a decision time now. We've got to try and pick which one we think out of Noddy and Toyland and Play Days is the best. Right, so I this is quite a clear cut for me because I didn't realise Noddy what was it called? Noddy, the Noddy Shop. The Noddy Shop was yeah, a real the thing. Noddy Shop. So I'm gonna have to go play days simply because I know what that is. And I will also go with play days because it's British. And I'm probably going to vote for the majority of the British shows over the over the shows that are from uh, our transatlantic friends. <laughs> and also I think with um Noddy and where's Noddy from? Did you say that already? Toyland. No, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Enid Blyton's British, right? Yeah, but you said you wanted to go to the British show, so that means that Noddy's not British. No, but the Noddy shop is Canadian. Oh, is it really? Yeah, but but Noddy was British, yeah, but Noddy is British, yeah. Ah, obviously, yeah, they they um. They would use the examples of Noddy and the Enid Blyton stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the so actual they pay us show, money. the Noddy shop, whatever, it's it's very much it's very much a Canadian show. Oh. It's about as Canadian as Mounties and maple syrup. That's pretty Canadian. I mean, you got me some maple syrup from Canada, and that's pretty, I did. pretty, pretty good, sir. So. Pretty good. It's pretty good, eh, buddy? <laughs> yeah, so my Canadian... See, I'd, I wouldn't be able to tell a Canadian accent from an American one, probably. I never could until I went there. And it's so obvious. I remember I, me and my cousin, we were driving back from Ottawa. And it was really, really late. And we went to a gas station. Yeah. Which is, which is a petrol station for all the Brits. We don't have gas yeah, stations you... here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if, you, we, if you get gas, you get a completely different thing. <laughs> yeah, so we were at the gas station, and then the man was like, oh, oh, you better be careful when you're driving, eh? There's going to be lots and lots of traffic going into Toronto. And it's like, oh, my God, he's like the most Canadian man I've ever <laughs> met in my life. Did he have the hat and the... He wasn't a Mountie, but... Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, he, he was very incredibly Canadian, which was, which was pretty cool, good stuff. But no, yeah, I mean, as 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 much as I uh, have a lot of good memories watching the Noddy Shop, and I, the theme song in particular, again, it's very instantaneously takes me back to my childhood here at the Noddy Shop. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's it's very. All of a sudden, I'm like nine or ten years old, or whenever yeah, it came yeah. out, and I'm watching that, and yeah, it it brings back a lot of memories. But I just think Play Days is like. When you're thinking of like British TV kids shows of the 90s. I think everyone knows Play Days. Every British kid who grew up in that era knows Play Days, knows just how incredibly memorable and iconic and educational it was. Even when we used to have like wet play. 
Ah, uh, wet play. Wet play, wet yeah. Play. When wet play, they did always just put on like words and pictures, and they always put on play days. A little bit of rain, and that's it. Game over yeah. for the kids in Britain. Can't go outside. Can't <laughs> can't do nothing I when it's it, raining. And... The field was wet. We had a card system in our school. Ah. So we had a red card, which meant uh, no field. We had wet play, which was like if it's raining. Yeah. No one's outside. Yeah. Then we had a we had a red card in the window, which meant the field's wet. You're not allowed on it. Ah. Then we had a yellow card, which meant only the juniors. Uh, which was like year three to year, year three six. To year six, yeah. Was allowed on the first field. Yeah. And then a green card was uh, was all was all everyone's allowed on the field. <laughs> Wet play, wow. Yeah. And on that uh, nostalgic bombshell, I think uh, time to bring an end to the show. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, you can follow the channel Yesterday's Capers on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers One. You can also follow us on Twitter at YesterdayCapers1. You can follow me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can also follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Paul, do you want to tell people your socials? I don't do socials. I'm ah. not on any socials. <laughs> I, I, I thought but that, I, but I... But, but I will... You'll tell me about the uh, Yesterday's Capers socials, though. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening and uh, join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.